The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at, mor- at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of the Lord. We've officially begun the Advent season with the lighting of the candles of our wreath. We notice too that in the liturgy, we uh, no longer sing the Gloria for these few weeks, uh, a brief penitential season that we have, a joyful penance, but still a penance nonetheless. That's why we wear the violet color vestments. And so it's an opportunity for us to be able to prepare our hearts to look forward to the coming of our Lord at Christmas. Part of the readings of this year is we'll be reading through St. Mark's Gospel at this point. You may know that the Sunday readings go in a three-year cycle, year A, year B, and year C. We know the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar to each other. So they are each assigned a year. The year A is Matthew, year B is Mark, year C is Luke. Um, And St. John's Gospel gets used oftentimes during the Easter season, as well as during this year, uh, the the year where we use Mark, partly because um, St. Matthew and St. Luke's Gospels are 24 and 28 chapters, respectively, whereas St. Mark is only 16. So it's about half the length. So we've got some extra spots that we can fill in with St. John's Gospel. So we do have a a blessed occasion to be able to hear The words of St. Peter, which is what St. Mark's Gospel is, is the preaching of St. Peter himself, written down by Mark, who was listening to him attentively, as well as the words of St. John the Apostle spoken to us in the Scriptures. So, indeed, we look forward to being able to immerse ourselves in these two blessed apostles and their reflections for us through the year. Our first reading today reminds us, in no uncertain terms, That the human heart desires to see grand things. We even expect it of God himself. Isaiah the prophet cries out to the Lord in a prayer of his heart. He says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down while you wrought awesome deeds. The understanding of the ancient Jewish people was such that the world was flat, as we know. That was not a... Uh, that was a, a new thing not too many centuries ago, that the world was round. So the understanding was that the world was flat and that beneath the earth they had pillars, literal pillars holding up the world. And below that they had the abode of the dead and they had Gehenna, hell, essentially. And above the skies, above the clouds and the, and, you know, and the stars and the heavens, uh, that's where God lived. 
And so it was this understanding, a very, a very physical thing that Isaiah was calling out. He was asking God to rip open the heavens and to come down to humanity. And in doing so, to bring about marvelous works. This prayer spoken by Isaiah many centuries before the coming of Christ was answered exactly in the coming of Christ. We desire to see great things. But the Lord rather frequently shows us incredible things, but in very subtle, almost easily missed ways. God did open up the heavens and come down to us and bring about great works, but it happened in a small child, an infant, in a manger. The great works that that he did were such that many people saw it, but many others failed to see it because they lacked faith. They lacked the ability to see with the eyes of their heart and focused only with the eyes of their face. How many people do you think walked by our blessed mother as she bore Christ her son in her womb and thought of her as nothing as nothing other than just another pregnant woman in the community? How many people seeing the child in her arms failed to see the face of God? And yet, there he was. We desire and we expect grand things, but quite often the Lord comes to us in the subtleties little ways of daily life. And it was with that recognition upon the little things, the subtle ways, which beauty speaks to our heart and comes to manifest itself to us if we have the eyes of faith. It was with that in mind that we have the missal that is now in the pews. Because there is much that is beautiful about it. But it's little things. So I'd like to go, go through the missal with you a little bit. To be able to kind of introduce you to it since it is something new for us. So I'd invite everyone to be able to pick up one of the blues, Isaac Job's missiles. there in front of you if you don't already have it in your hands. The first thing I hope that you would notice is that it feels nice. Huh? That's one of the comments I've heard multiple times whenever someone picked it up. They said, ooh, that feels nice. And it does. That was one of the first things I noticed whenever I picked it up or whenever I unwrapped it initially the first time is it has a a smooth feel. A little thing. But it's nice, huh? I invite you to open up to page four. The readings for today. Because this is a a permanent resource in our pew, typically what we would do is... Uh, each year at Advent, we would throw away our missalettes from the previous year, and we would purchase new ones to put into the pews. But with this permanent resource, uh, we'll keep these continuously, so we won't change them out each year. But part of the perk of that, uh, or part of the, the downfall, if you will, in, in some ways, uh, is that the days are not given in the text. You know, before it was easy for us to look in the look in the book and say, "Okay, December fourth. Today's December fourth. Okay." These are our readings for today, and it's rather simple. But with this text, we have all three years of readings, A, B, and C. And so we have the, basically the full Sunday lectionary uh, here in our hands. Uh, and because, it's, because it cycles through year after year after year, it doesn't include the dates specifically. So what we're going to do is we're still kind of working out the details on how exactly to do it. 
but to be able to convey to you the page number each week in which our readings are, uh, as today, at least in the announcements before Mass, if not by some other means. So today, if you look on page four, you see first Sunday of Advent, year B. And directly above it is a little black box with lots of little flowers and vine-looking things. That box is basically useless. But it's pretty. Is it not? Cute little flowers, nice little design, adds a little, a little pep to the page. Otherwise, simple black and white text is broken up with a nice, simple little image. And that's the thing, is that quite often with the Lord, whenever we come to meet him, we're so caught up and easily caught up because we are creatures of the world, because we are not just spiritual beings, but we are physical beings. We're caught up with the physical things of this world, and it's easy for us to miss the simple and beautiful things that are not necessarily useful. It's easy for us to go from place to place to place, from thing to thing to thing, and to focus on getting things done and focusing on what happens next. But if we fail to miss the beautiful things, we fail to miss the ways in which our Lord speaks to us. And so these little flowers are sprinkled all throughout the course of the book, separating the various readings from one another. So each time you look at those little dividers, those little strips, I would invite you to use it as an encouragement to you to find the little flowers of your daily life. The little things that the Lord says, I love you, and I've given this to you. It could be the smallest of things. In the past few days, I've had the joy of trying to reflect and do this much more practically myself. To stop and simply stare at the sky on the beautiful clear nights that we've had, and to see the stars. And just to marvel at them for a few moments. Driving down the road yesterday when it was foggy all day, strange, (laughs) but marveling at the way in which the fog would subtly move across the road in certain spots. The quiet movements of the Spirit dwells in our hearts, and ever so gently, He moves us. This morning, I stopped getting out of my car and looked in the back and the wind was blowing and some of the leaves were falling from the trees. Just to simply watch the leaves fall. To see how they let nature take its course. To let themselves fall, in a sense, spiritually, to trust that the Lord will place them where he wants them. And for us to do the same. Little things. Not necessarily practical or useful or helpful. In many ways. But ways which the Lord can speak to us. Other things you'll notice about the text here. As you look at the, the actual words of the, uh, of the readings. Is that the text is a little bit larger. Which is one of the things that we particularly uh, kind of saw was a really practical. Uh, of practical importance for us. Uh, one, because sometimes we have eyes that are a little, uh, a little older. Uh, vintage, if you will. Uh, and so having a little bit larger text can be handy in that regard. And sometimes the younger eyes have a pair of younger eyes sitting in their arms, wrestling with them. 
So trying to find, trying to read a text uh, as you have a little one in your arms, so also larger words uh, can there too become a little helpful. And to that end also, the, the letters of the first lines of each of the different prayers, the different sections of readings is, uh, is enlarged so that you don't have to kind of read through the whole thing to find which one. You can look at the, the large letter and see exactly where it begins and continue from there. Also, one of the things I like about the large letters, in addition to being able to draw you in to the start of the reading without having to search for it too much, is the fact that they too, like the flowers, are pretty. If you look at the A in that first line, Ad te levavi, the Latin, the Latin translation or the, the Latin original of our entrance chant, the entrance prayer that would be offered. It's a nice big A and it's got these nice big swirls all over it that have no use whatsoever other than to be pretty. To lift up our hearts. Let us recognize that as we come here to Mass, there is much that is not particularly useful to us. But these are the most important things we can ever do. The little things. I would invite you to turn to page 251 at this point. If you're looking from the side of the book, you can see that there's a section of pages that's kind of a cream color. That would be the ordinary of the Mass. That's the stuff that doesn't change each week. So it's the sign of the cross, the penitential rite. It's the glory of the creed, the prayers of the offertory, the gifts, the Eucharistic prayer, the Our Father, the prayers that follow after, etc. And the, the, this section is larger than when used to uh, for multiple reasons. One of which is it's bright and colorful and chock full of pictures. Just about every other page has some kind of picture, whether it's, whether it's art to help, uh, to help us reflect on what exactly is taking place before us. Sometimes there's a picture of manuscripts of the ancient books that were handwritten and hand-drawn, the old missals that were used for Mass. Sometimes it's simply pictures of the priest doing various things in the celebration of the liturgy. But all of these things are there as visual cues uh, that can help us to remember in a visible way the beauty of what happens before us and the richness of our Catholic faith. Also, again, for little ones, pictures can be helpful. So it's a need to be able to have that as well, to be able to, to describe and discuss some of the things that take place in a celebration of Mass to our young people. Also, you may notice that in the majority of the prayers in the, in the uh, ordinary of the Mass are English and Latin side by side. Uh, and this is just a simple reminder that even if we're not using the Latin, the language that we derive all of our prayers from is the Latin. Um, that everything that we do, all of the English prayers of the Mass, are translations of the original text. That's why uh, about six years ago we had the, the, new, the new translation of the Mass, right? So some of the words changed. So it was because the dynamics of translation of the Latin changed. It's not that the words of the Mass were actually different. We just translated them in a different way. And so the Latin is there as a way of reminding us of our Latin rite heritage but also the richness of our faith. And that for centuries, uh, these were the words that our ancestors would have heard and would have spoken. Uh, so it's a nice way to tie ourselves to that as well. Again, the regular parts of the Mass are all here. <clears throat> the Gloria is found on page 263. The Creed is on 268. 
The Eucharistic prayer we use each Sunday is on 281, and all just continues straight through the Mass. So, But the simple reality is that all of this is there. They've got lots of little, little explanations of how exactly the Mass is being done, what's being done. The little subtleties that are there that sometimes can be passed over. In the end, all of that is simply to say that what we have in our hands, on a practical level, is exactly the same. It's got the readings, and that's it. (laughs) But on a a deeper level, I think there are lots of little things that are here that can help to encourage us in the growth of our faith, especially during this Advent season. We've got a short Advent this year. We've only got... Three weeks and one day. Christmas falls on a Monday. So fourth Sunday of Advent. The morning will be Advent. The evening will be Christmas. So it's kind of a, a, shortened, a shortened season. But it still is a beautiful one. An opportunity for us to pause and to reflect. To be alert and to watch. Just as Christ calls us to. To watch the little things. Though we may desire to see the heavens ripped open in a marvelous works, 99.999% of the time, the Lord moves subtly, like a gentle fog across the road. And so we must be watchful to be able to see him move, to hear him speak, to allow him to act. And so we ask the grace of the Lord to be with us as we begin this Advent season that we might indeed be watchful of the Lord who might rejoice to see his coming.